genre. Hello and welcome to the Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one volcano-filled minute, magical fire mountain-filled minute <laughs> at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today, this week, is Zachary Luna from Geek by Night. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about minute 93, which starts with Sauron's fingers hitting the ground for the beginning of a second minute so mm -hmm. far in this movie <laughs> and ends with Elrond saying they're scattered divide it and he'll finish that finish line tomorrow line. yeah and i have i have a, a point of contention with with mr elrond half elven oh okay let's get if right he, into it yeah so if he is so upset about this and felt so strongly about this there is so much more he could have done by pushing isildur into the fire <laughs> yeah but then he's evil <laughs> But he knows what the ring is. Right, right. He knows how bad this is. He know. could have done more. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if just, he would want yeah. to be referred to as Elrond Kingslayer, though. Like, you know, like Jamie yeah. Lannister? Like yeah, but he saved the whole realm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair it's a fair point, but maybe that's not a line that Elrond was willing to cross. At. Maybe that's why he's so pissed, is he's been for 3,000 years straight thinking i should have just, just stabbed him oh my god i could have just thrown a rock at him you know hit him on the <laughs> on the dome and then just like thrown his dumb body for every day him. every day for the last three thousand years he's like i should have killed this older i should have just done it <laughs> he just wakes up in a cold sweat this he's like, like oh murder <laughs> killed him he thinks, everyone would be better off he thinks of a different way to kill him every single day that he wakes <laughs> It's Tuesday again. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh, it's so. But it does. It does like hurt me. Like the when he runs away and the the like anguish in his voice when he just yells out Isildur as he's walking away. It's like the betrayal is so yeah. so near and dear to him. It's, it's almost this like, was the last alliance of elves and men, and Isildur ruined yeah. it. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! He ruined it hard. <laughs> And he doesn't, did he ever? He doesn't even have any qualms about it, really. By that point, like it's it's not even like there's a big struggle there. It's just he looks down at it and then he looks up like such a jerk, and it's like no. no. <laughs> and the cool thing is that no is actually uh, Hugo Weaving's voice, not the guy that played Isildur. What really? That's amazing. Really, it is. It's uh, <laughs> Hugo Weaving responded to his own question, uh, <laughs> but it. It's one of those things that I don't think I would ever pick up on without the, no. the commentary telling me. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, and when, and after he, knowing that and listening to it, it's just like, yep, that's totally you go even. Yeah, but him. the voice, the voice, the way he pronounces things is it, he changes very, it a little. Yeah. yeah, he changes it up. But like when you really listen to it, it's like, yep, yep. that's you go. I can hear the timbre of your voice there. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing. Which that I happens. guess lends to like yeah. it being a flashback and him telling the story. Right. Is yeah. if he does the voices. Yeah. It's like. All right, Gandalf, it's story time. <laughs> this is a throw the ring into the fire. No. Sildo <laughs> took the ring. Yeah, no, it's it, it all works. It all works together. That is that could just be on the day they're like, oh man, we can't 
we can't get him back for this ADR session. What are we going to do? Well, Hugo's still here. Hey, Hugo, <laughs> can you grab this? Yeah. Can you say no? <laughs> <laughs> can this you record one word? Yeah. Uh, so the crack of doom set here is a miniature. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, the one, the thing they're walking on? Which you can tell that they are not real they're with the really wide shot. Walking on they it. walk yeah. over. Yeah. They're blue screened in over the miniature. But it, And uh, that miniature, the doorway and the pathway is only about a foot wide. Oh, whoa. Huh. That's still pretty big. So, That's still a pretty so it's big. It's a big miniature, but it's like, yeah. it's like a foot wide. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, it's beautiful though. They so got this, all like, the lighting and everything. Training shot. Yeah. Yeah. And they filmed their dialogue at uh, a different speed to make the effect of the pan up all work oh, together. Wow. wow. So so uh Elrond and I can't remember the guy that plays a slipper. I don't remember. I don't know, but you the, just the most, him Elrond, uh, so it works. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two actors. That's true. The two yeah. actors. Uh, did. I can't separate Hugo even from Elrond after two more two uh, two three days of talking about him straight as just yeah. Elrond. Uh, several days. Yeah. <laughs> several days. Uh, so I can't they, remember their names. Right. Right. But they they crank they um as they're walking up. So you're you're saying as they're walking up, which is the 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 mixture of the miniature and the the dialogue there that they had to to sort of crank the camera at a different rate there or, or how did that go down? Yeah. They, they filmed yeah. at a different speed so that w the pan up would look more rushed as they're coming wow. up the, around the, like the fire yeah. and everything. Right. Because right. they had to figure out a way to film it and then speed it up to get it to that speed because right. their motion tracking equipment couldn't move at that speed on its own. Oh. I see. I see. I see. That's, that's amazing. The amount of work that goes into just that like two two second sequence there of you know yeah the camera so they, they filmed them at a slower speed and then sped it up in post to bring it to the right speed so that it moves fast up the the rock that's that's cool. amazing that's amazing yeah fun facts here on lord of the rings minute fun <laughs> viewing enjoyment um, fun facts I and just, yeah. uh fran walsh directed this scene between really Elrond. no oh, way nice. that's yes. amazing Our girlfriend Way to was go. this like do you know the sequence of stuff that she directed or I do not I do not and they don't really go into it. Yeah. I assume it's just on days when Peter really had to be somewhere else. Right. So he right. left Fran in charge of like one unit. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they had like right. three or four units going at a time. They I think they had as many as six going on some of the busiest days. That's so crazy. Oh my god. Like, I can't terrifying. even imagine. No. Can you imagine like being on set for like 12 hours directing and then having to go back and watch the dailies from the other five sets. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson had to watch dailies from every That's set. Single. so crazy. Every day. I don't think he slept for 18 months. No, he just sleeps for two hours and then does it again. That's crazy. That's terrible. Not to mention like uh, uh, Davies, any day he filmed, he has such a long prosthetic process right. to get put on. And then he acts for 12 hours, and then he has to have it all taken off. Oh, man. Wait, what? And he has to have it cleaned off well. <laughs> right. Because he's allergic. Oh. Oh. Poor John. And, the, and the guy that plays Lurt has a 10-hour prosthesis process, and then shoots all day. Right. And then has it taken off. I can't That's even imagine. But he's only, he's not in that much of the movie, really. Right. Yeah. But right. still, every day he's on set to film, he has to do 
10 hours, 10 hours in makeup, in makeup. Hour process beforehand. I've done the, the, the most makeup I've ever done before uh, uh, a shoot day was three hours, which was I did a I did a short film where they had me play the the monster. And it was like a latex application process. He was like um, this creature that he like uh, sewed people into books. And so all of his all of his skin had like the texture of old antique books. So they had this like layering process with latex and you sit cool. down. I yeah, it was, cool. it was cool. It was cool. And it was a fun little project that these, um, uh, these students over at, uh, USC were, were doing. Um, and they, they had a lot of money behind it, but it was one of those things where you, you go into like a weird trance. Like, it's like you have two different days. You're like, okay, my appointment is here and I get here on time and I get all cleaned up and I shave my face so that like my beard doesn't get pulled out by this, makeup and you sit down and then you have your like day hanging out with your makeup artists, you know, talking about whatever, or, you know, usually cranking music for forever in a day. And you either, either sleep or you chill or you be as still as possible. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm done with that. That was a whole lot. And then you like stop yourself and you remember, oh yeah, now I now have, you the have whole to act. second. Yeah. yeah. The whole second day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, like you're already I, loopy, yeah. <laughs> from like having this like entire other laborious process, like as if you had to like go into work and like be part of a sculpture, and then you also have to be in a play on the same day and like yeah. remember what you're doing. I don't know. And I, I, I was always, I was totally excited to take on the project, and it was a fun thing to like audition for. And you know, I've, I've done costume work and a couple other things, but never something that elaborate. And the thing with prosthetics that I, I didn't really factor in is uh, you have to be aware of what, like what you do in the scene normally, but also you have to account for all of the things that you can't do as well as you could before. Like, Oh, I can't uh, use it in my hands anymore. Cause there's weird stubby things on them. Oh, I can't <laughs> hear. I can't hear the direction very well because I, my, my ears are covered up by this big you massive You might not be able to thing. emote as well either or yeah, speak as well it, and facial stuff. I had the, I had like contact lenses in too, which I know a lot of these uh, people in Lord of the Rings had to do as well. And you can't, you can you can see obviously through them, but whenever you have like sclera contact lenses that have like the, the big elaborate things on the side, like most of the Urukai would have or the goblins or whatnot in this film, uh, you lose your peripheral vision. You have like tunnel vision. So like your awareness of like, your cue or somebody making a gesture next to you, like you lose all of these various faculties and you sit there like the first couple takes just trying to remember how to act at all because you don't have your, <laughs> you don't have your hearing or your vision. You don't have like a tactile assistant. It's like, how do you even do it? So like you hear these stories about, you know, John Reese Davis or something like that, like doing a prep time in the mirror beforehand, just relearning how to, how to move and how to act and how to do it. Cause it's, mm -hmm. it's tough. And I, like I, I came, came to the end of that process, like with a much better appreciation for anybody on a film like this that has to have a huge, you know, makeup uh, process done to them that it's hard enough just to like be in the right spot and hit your mark, let alone give a performance like the, that you can do any of your best work at all in those circumstances is, is, insane to me it's herculean yeah. effort involved yeah because um, the elves on this movie had it easy they sat in a chair and had ears and hair put on I know, right and then the hobbits then the hobbits have the their feet. feet put on for an hour mm -hmm. right right and then gandalf has a nose put on yeah which and is john not... reese davies has a four oh, hour has a face four hour <laughs> every day for months for months on end 
I did I did three days in a row and I was like I was losing my mind not that I I disliked it but it was like your sense of time and 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 uh, life changes dramatically like you know with schedules is so strange because like oh yeah my day is happening twice and I'm doing this thing and I can't see and I'm I'm living in this weird dream space so to have that weird liminal I, I don't know oniric space pushed not just to a couple days but to a month and then to a right. year like how do you <laughs> how do you rewire your brain to even know what's going on he right because like he would just after done filming just wake up in the morning and be like all right i gotta go to the makeup trailer wait i'm at home right 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 <laughs> like it's like coming back from the war or something <laughs> like your like those, those adjustment back to civilian that. life those people who never unlearn how to like super efficiently pack their dresser the way they're they're taught back yeah, their lockers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's that wild. sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But so there's a there's another weird, little technical thing. There's another little uh-huh. technical thing in this scene that I think carries into tomorrow as well. Off hmm. Elrond's right shoulder, behind him in the courtyard of Rivendell, there is an elf pacing back and forth. One guy. Really? Just one Just guy. Just one dude pacing back and forth and what they're going for is to make rivendell look more populated but it's <laughs> one guy it's only one <laughs> and the camera is looking at him to start with and he walks to the left of the screen yeah and then this camera is going to pan away and when it pans back in the next minute he's walking back the other direction and it's beautiful it doesn't make rivendell look lived in it makes that guy look crazy Weird. yeah <laughs> to to be fair though if you didn't point that out how many people would think it was the same elf like this is a thing that happens a lot on on set with uh with extras or, or background talent as we call them because there's only so many people you can hire and put in oh, a this is a digital effect i believe this oh, is this a is a digital effect. effect this is this is oh, created by uh by pin block which is like the small scale oh, version of massive then you know, roll back literally everything I just said. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, so this, just so put this, another guy in there. Yeah, they just put two. Just put two guys in there and this just let them let them interact. Like if it, if it was two guys standing there looking like they're having a conversation, yeah, sure. Rivendell looks more lived in, but yeah. like one elf right. pacing. I know, what do you think his like his function <laughs> is? Yeah, just maybe he's. Mm-hmm wander like <laughs> he's the sky lookout you know like we need somebody in this garrison or whatever to like, just yeah just like point your point your nose up at the sky for eight hours eight hours straight today and let us know just keep wandering just keep doing that don't look at the ground don't interact with anybody just just check check the sky out and the building behind him you can see it is like empty there's just one elf yeah walking that's back, so funny back and forth he walks one direction and then he walks back the other way tomorrow. And I notice things. <laughs> anime has taught me to notice things like this. Right, right. Because there's right. so much repeated background stuff mm-hmm. in animation. Yeah. Recycled like walk loops and things like that yeah. that are just cheaper to do. And yeah, I, I see that, that and I'm just like, amazing. if you if you want it to look more lived in, put more than one guy back there because <laughs> it just it, it raises it just way like more questions than it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this guy doing he's not going anywhere he's just <laughs> step 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 stops at the edge of like this little courtyard area 
And then he stops. And then it's going to cut to Gandalf and it's going to cut back and he's going to walk back towards Elrond's head. Like... (laughs) Maybe he's just having his own little elf existential crisis, you know, like the the weight of it all just landed on him that day, like, and he's just looking. I'm immortal, at, yeah. and I just now realize what that really means. <laughs> you're like, like every you're elf like, goes through that. They live to be about like two hundred, and they're just like, I really am gonna live forever. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! And that's when you walk out on a balcony and just pace endlessly, and you say, "What? What difference does it make?" If I spend six hours in this entire in this spot, walking to the left and the right, it's just a blink of the eye. Really, what does it matter? When, when uh, I'm as old as Elrond, I won't even remember that I did this. <laughs> that's Except like Elrond how elves. This is a grain of sand on a beach in my life. <laughs> that's how elves come of age. Just, just... <laughs> they, they just get broken by realizing they're immortal. That's why Elrond's so stern. Oh my god! That's why all these yeah. old elves are so stern because that it's finally finally after thousands of years sunk in that they will never die and they will watch everything yeah. they love wither yes yes like they, they crave death instead of <laughs> you're not you're not really an elf until you long for death day in day out hoping for it to provide some meaning and <laughs> that's what going into the west is oh my god <laughs> yeah it's oh, then passing god. on into heaven <laughs> oh no Oh, it hurts. It made myself sad. <laughs> well, there is an inherent sadness in the elves. There Apparently. Is, yeah. Yeah. There really is. They're, they're they love this place yeah. and they can't stay. Yeah. They just can't stay. Yeah. They're, they could stay, you know? They I like could in like a, a, an abstract sense. There's, there's no creature more uh, uh, able to stay somewhere than an elf, but they can't. Not for this place. It's, it's not their time anymore. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there's a. Offered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but there's like a really specific reason why they can't stay. That has to do with mm. the rings, because the rings oh, wow. in each of these elven centers of power is part of what's maintaining their kingdom. And when the ring of power is destroyed, the power of the other ring, the other rings, all shuts off because they're inherently the tied others. to them. Yeah. So right, then right. the Elven Rings can no longer maintain their like natural kingdoms. So that's like one of the reasons they have Dude. to leave. Dude. So like which which continues to add to like this conflicted feeling and like right. this pain over men failing that Elrond has because he knows that when the ring is right. finally destroyed, he does have to leave. So do you feel and like if Arwen's not this... gonna come with yeah. him? Right. Yeah. Then that makes him yeah. very sad. Very sad, yeah. Because and, if Isildur had just, like, if yeah. Isildur had just taken care of it, Arwen would have never met Aragorn, so yeah. they would have just been like, "Bye." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, His situation is so much, so much more sad, be, like directly because of Isildur's actions. Yes, and almost like if, if he'd done more on that day, or 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 like you know, do you do you think there was? any element of, of relief involved in that moment. You know, it's, it's, it's terrifying and sad and angry that Isildur, you know, doesn't destroy the ring, but it does, is there any realization there for Elrond that, that doesn't mean that the elves have to leave immediately, you know, like yeah, he doesn't is, have is to leave any... his home. Right. Yeah. But at, at, at what cost, at the cost of, you know, evil continuing to pro- proliferate. Yeah, this because is, for, for most intense. elves, yeah, because for most yeah. elves, Middle Earth is the only home they've ever known, and that includes Elrond, even though he's three thousand years old. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gilgalad, 
who was kind of like Elrond's mentor, I believe, yeah, remembers coming yeah. from the West into the East. Um, and there's some other elves older than Elrond and uh, Galadriel that are from Valinor originally. But originally, but most elves for don't ever for most, don't yeah. remember it at all. Here. They were born, born in Middle Earth. Earth. Yeah. It's the only home they've ever known, and they don't want they don't really want to go, but they have to go. Yeah, yeah. So like. That makes that last alliance of theirs even more like, you know, sad and beautiful in its own like fleeting way that it's like, it really would be the last, you know, if it had, if they'd actually pulled off their goal there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And the last alliance of men and elves. And if you track the idea of like going into the West as like going to heaven or like going into the afterlife mm -hmm. in a way, mm -hmm. then for elves who are immortal, it's them knowing when they're going to die. And accepting it. And accepting it. Yeah. But also, like, wow. being very reluctant because they've literally lived for thousands of years. They don't know what the next step's really going to be like because right. this is the only home they've ever known. Yeah. But they they feel wow. a duty to die, basically, for the because good of Middle Earth. Yeah, that's hardcore. Power <laughs> comes great responsibility. And, like, I think that all that, yes. And I think that all that sort of way yeah. of thinking about the elves changes the whole, like, dynamic of like these yeah. racial relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just in these scenes but throughout the entire series. Like like it that, it's, um, it especially changes the way that like elves and dwarves look at each other. Yeah. yeah. Because elves yeah. know that dwarves were a mistake. Oh. Yeah. Dwarves yeah. weren't supposed to exist and elves right. kind of know that. They yeah. like there's lord there's it the over tragedy them. inherent in that. Yeah. 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 But that they're, then, they're also and, they're making sacrifices other people aren't even aware of and and nobody gives them credit for it like i yeah. could see that the elves being a bit stuck up about about that all things considered yeah uh, man yeah getting deep in the lore that's <laughs> and dwarves can't go to valinor not really uh -huh. their their souls can't pass into that afterlife right. because they are inherently flawed and different Doesn't from men and elves go into the west uh in theory yeah Theory, he at least yeah. physically walks there huh? because it is a real it's physical place. right yeah it's like an island but like right, um right. the like real afterlife where like your soul goes when you actually die only elves and men can go there that's so sad Whoa. so like dwarves are in like dwarf limbo yeah i guess man oh my god that sucks because they don't uh dwarves don't have the same uh fire of the creator that elves and men do hmm because dwarves Goodness were created gracious. by a creation of Iluvatar, yeah. not by Iluvatar himself Huh. Right, right. So the, there's that one step removed. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So dwarves on, also on are note, like yeah. cut out of another big part of the mythos. Yeah. That's sucks. Dwarves <laughs> don't have an afterlife. Whoa. Well, that's why. They, they but got, men and elves do. They got to make. That's this why they're so materially focused. Right. Yeah. 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 They're like, we got to like focus on this life that we have right now and be, you know. Live it up. What is it? Uh, malt beer, fresh meat from the bone. <laughs> dwarves know how to party, right? They do know how to party. Yeah, they're... So that's uh. So there's some more deeper lore stuff for uh, for you to chew on, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy enjoy that, uh, dear listener, while you go about your day, um, <laughs> feeling. Think about how sad it really is to be an elf. <laughs> How sad it is to be an elf, and how how almost a second degree sadder it is to be a dwarf uh, in these trying times. Um, 
let that let that sit in your gut and percolate. And, uh, <laughs> and then and whatever happens to Hobbits, tomorrow. we don't know because Tolkien never wrote it down. Uh, yeah, the closest no, thing yeah. to like an origin for Hobbits is that they're related to men. They're not related to dwarves. So they ostensibly have a little pocket of Hobbit afterlife. Yeah. Which is like they just carve out a little place in the West and grow their Hobbit weed. Legit. Like, and then yeah, all the it. all the Meyer and the Valor over there are like, what's going on down there? What's all this then? That smells kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, when did, uh, who said this was okay? <laughs> who let them in here? Oh, right. I didn't all know right. about Saving that. The, the <laughs> Hobbit, the halfling saved the, okay. All right. Uh, Give me a hit though. <laughs> one, one real quick Pass thing to the left. that I want that I want to talk about is I like that um, you can tell that Elrond has aged in between this three thousand yes. years. Yes, he's more wrinkly. Yeah, I really like yeah. that. And, I, and it couldn't have been more than a couple months difference or something like that. Or I guess it could have been up to a year. But uh, they do you know the filming order of the prologue stuff versus the main narrative in this film like when which was shot first because even like logistically it couldn't be very long of a time in between those two scenes that i they think were the shot. prologue is filmed yeah. relatively late a lot of it because yeah. they didn't have the prologue hammered down and finished and how they wanted it to be script wise till very late and then they didn't edit it all the way they wanted it to be till the very last thing they put together yeah so I think a lot sure, of the prologue yeah. stuff wasn't filmed right away. It's just really good yeah. makeup. <laughs> so no, you're, really right, you're makeup. right. Like that that cut from the the old dark haired virile uh, um, Elrond to this like longing, this like this regret. I mean, it's we're right up in his face. It's it's lovely. I I, I don't mm -hmm. know how they pulled it off, but they sure did. Yeah, um, especially a, if you think about yeah, if they film those scenes late that. Hugo Weaving probably had to conjure up all of this sense memory and emotional association to this time long past without the actual memory of doing it, you know, that he just had to create it all there in the moment. And then like, yeah, and then later we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll right. come back yeah. to it. Right. He's just said to be unmoored in time, that whole. Yeah. And I, I can't be a hundred percent sure about when they filmed some of that. I feel like this week has been a lot about praising uh, Hugo Weaving. Well, like, tomorrow uh, we're going to start praising I'm Sean always... Bean. So. <laughs> oh, heck yes. <laughs> so that'll be a, that'll be a change of pace. Well done, Hugo. <laughs> well done, Hugo. Hats off to you. Uh, Hats off to Hugo. Yeah. Today is Wednesday. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so uh, you can, catch uh more minute podcasts on uh duelinggenre.com with back to the future minute and harry potter minute to go along with your minute needs your minute needs <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us again today zach oh absolutely thanks for having me and as always a special thanks to our patreon associate producer leaper 182 hope everyone has a great wednesday bye bye bye